we've put this off long enough. I know. it's It's been a weird feeling. It's I don't know. It's like I've been dreading this, but not for the reasons I might think. <laughs> <laughs> not dreading it because I don't want it to be over. Just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people don't like it. And the more I watch it, the more I like it. And I almost feel bad about that because I talked it up so much that it has to answer all these questions. And it didn't. And I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a little guilt. (laughs) How do you feel? (laughs) Um, I, I get what you're saying. Like, we did want a lot of the finale. And we didn't get a lot of the things that we talked about but we got stuff we didn't expect we got st- and it was just it was amazing i just loved it but we're probably just going to be accused of being a little biased and we would have liked it no matter what i kind of feel that way too i'm okay if that happens cuz well if that's the case, well, okay, that's. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna forgive it of things that you know people are willing to, and yeah, yeah, because I mean I've heard, not that I've sought out a lot, but you know I talked on the phone with my friend Doug today, and he and Ricky loved it, and you know, and I was mentioned a couple of things that I know that people have problems with. He was like, oh, I didn't even think of that, you know. He was just in for the ride. Right, yeah. So, the things that people seem to be bugged about, he's like, I didn't even notice, but yeah, you're right, but, eh, you know. But you know what? 98% of the time, that's how it is for me. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, the cops probably should have been at his house, but my brain can always just shush. It can shush, and it can, like, you know how it is. My brain, like, makes explanations, and I accept it, and I move on. And mine does the same thing, and... (laughs) It's the story the writers wanted to tell. So, if it didn't... That's the other part. If it didn't cater to you, well, sorry, you know. (laughs) I think, and I'm gonna sound snobby here... But as a true lover of art and people's visions and seeing it carried out, sometimes art is messy and sometimes art isn't what you expect. But it's from the artist's point of view and it's what they want. And they're the ones that created it and they're the ones that's writing it. And I'm sorry, but a lot of fandoms, they start claiming it for themselves. Right, right. And they don't give enough credit to the artist and that this is their story to tell. I'm sorry, but it is. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's too bad if you're gonna you know, whatever. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I liked it. I liked it too. Screw you. It was beautiful, and it was sad, and it it was great. (laughs) It was great. So, you know, if we've got good shishers, then we've got good shishers. (laughs) We can shish. Whose turn is it? 
It's mine. Okay. Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast where we talk about the A&E show Bates Motel. Tonight we are talking about the series finale, The Chord. I'm Sue. I'm him. Here we are. It's the end. It is the end. Man. The cord has been cut between us and the show. (laughs) (laughs) It is so depressing. It really is. It is. It's like we all are cutting our little Bates Motel umbilical cord. (laughs) And we're all supposed to just go off and live our lives. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, man. So, what an end, though. Yeah. Spoiler alert, we liked it. We did. (laughs) (laughs) It's Frank. (laughs) Not a surprise, but we did. We Especially not if you watched, uh, or if you listened to our commentary as we watched it together. It's the first time we ever watched Bates together, at least for a first time. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We had a good time. We did. And it was a lot of fun watching it with other people. Yeah. I've never really done that except for Eleanor. And once in a while, if I watch it on the TV and Rob's around the house. Right. No, I'm always watching it alone. Cam doesn't watch the show. so We have lame husbands. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> Bates Motel lame at least Yes (laughs) Well I could could Go on (laughs) We won't So (laughs) But yeah we watched it all together And We recorded it And you probably noticed that Emily Decided to drop it as an episode (laughs) So you can watch along with us If you want We just wanted to put something out there, because our usual Wednesday after the Monday airing, we just couldn't get ourselves to do it. (laughs) I had a really weird week all week, and it turned out, like, I think by Thursday, I had a really dry, scratchy throat. Oh. All night. Mm Mm-hmm. And Friday, I had the same thing, and I've been a little stuffed up, so I got a cold, and (laughs) I thought I was just going through, like, some... Bates, I don't know, recovery period. Because mm-hmm. I just had a weird week where, honestly, okay, so my laundry day is Monday. And it took me the, it, today, I put away all of last week's. <laughs> and that's weird for me. <laughs> right. You know, we we produce a lot of laundry in my house, but I still, by Tuesday, it's usually done. Right. And I had most of it washed, but, you know, as you go through the week, you keep, if you're still, like, washing clothes, you keep producing clothes. Right. <laughs> so, there wasn't that much to do today, but there was a mountain that has been sitting in a spot in our room waiting for me to fold and put away and it's just the worst when scout's like i need clothes for school every morning and you're like uh go to the pile (laughs) (laughs) 
I just don't usually live that way. And so, anyway, I was just dragging my feet, and I just felt weird, and and I slept a lot. And Rob was like, but <laughs> I looked, and I was actually only sleeping like seven hours a night, maybe seven and a half on a really good night. And <laughs> he's like, I, when I told him that I had a, had had a sore throat all night, he's like, I knew something was up with you. You're just, like, sleeping a lot. <laughs> like that's really sad when <laughs> your husband thinks you're sleeping a lot when you sleep seven hours <laughs> no doubt he's like what is your problem <laughs> sleeping seven nights or seven hours a night <laughs> it's just not me I'm I'm a five five hour nighter usually mm-hmm <laughs> But anyway, I just had a weird week, and it just, it got to be Tuesday night, which is early in the week still, but I just, oh, and I'm company. That's I met right. A, That's I right. met a new niece and on Tuesday, and that took all my time, and we went out to dinner and all of that, and I just, it got to be like six or seven, and I'm like, there is no way I'm recording tomorrow. How am I going to do this? Yeah. And I really, it was a finale. I really wanted to not <clears throat> rush. Mm-hmm. So it just, I don't know. Well, then I think I came up with the idea. I texted you and I was like, because I think you were like, so are we recording tomorrow? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yay. Because <laughs> I never know with your work schedule. It's like. I know. You're like, is that going to mess you up? And I was like, well, I've got tomorrow off anyway. So <laughs> I know, but it's like you take a day off so you can record, so I feel bad if, like, every other time you've got, like, early mornings and all of that. So Right, right. No, it was cool. I turned it into a super productive day, got lawns mowed, got things done, you know, it's like, well, sweet. I'm glad one of us was productive this <laughs> last week. So, no, it turned out fine, and it gave everyone, because we got feedback up to... We got, like, two of them yesterday, so I think everyone wanted a little bit of time to... And since there wasn't a new episode airing Monday, it's like, we don't really need to record on Wednesday. <laughs> I know. I we just only feel do bad. That. Yeah. They had to eat. People had to wait so long. Well. They'll live. Hopefully it's worth it. And you'll live. Yeah. You'll live. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, You got to listen to us watch it. <laughs> <laughs> So, did you listen to it? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> well, you know, when we were texting Tuesday night, I still hadn't done the recap notes. I was going to do them, but then we started texting, and I was like, oh, sweet, I'm just going to go to bed then. Um, so I didn't rewatch it until last night. I did the recap notes last night. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. I kept going, all right, I got to rewatch it. I got to do those notes. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I was like that too. And it's not that I didn't like it. It's I knew it was emotional. And I know. And watching it with you guys and all these distractions, I knew it would be different. And sure enough, I watch it alone and I'm like bawling like four different times. <laughs> well, in listening to us watch it, I was like, that's good enough for now. <laughs> that's what they mean. I can hear it in the background. <laughs> 
was, I think, <clears throat> when I finally rewatched it. So. Yeah, I did it last night. I was like, okay, I'm running out of time. <laughs> Can't put it off any longer. <laughs> and I loved it still. So. Yep. But yeah, we had a good watch party. We had turkey pot pie. We had sandwiches. We had boar jerky. <laughs> <laughs> was that really pork? No, it was just... I don't think so. I mean, I don't think pork jerky is like that hard to find, but I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask Kat. But... Actually, you usually see beef and turkey, right? I think so, yeah. Maybe it is hard to find. Doesn't matter. Okay. We had Werner's ginger ale. Nothing to do with baits. We just like it. <laughs> it's a family favorite. Yes. <laughs> and Cokes. And Cokes. Another family favorite. Oh, and we had uh, lemon cupcakes. Murder cupcakes. Sexy. Sexy murder cupcakes. Sexy murderous cupcakes. So. We have a little video of all of it and our costumes. I dressed up as Norma. And then I fashioned my outfit into Madeline Loomis. Yep. Sue was chick. Of course. And then Catherine and my sister-in-law, Kristen, were both Normas. So For a while, it was chicken, three it was, Normas. It was chicken, chicken the Normas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a little video on our Facebook page. I should post it on Twitter. Yeah. I've never done a video on Twitter. And there's pictures. So, and we made a shower curtain burrito out of the shower curtain at the we hotel. We sure did. <laughs> Took the shower curtain down, made a burrito. <laughs> Which looks way creepier in like the photos than it did in person. It was still pretty like, creepy in person, though. <laughs> it was creepy in person. But I remember taking a picture of it and then just, like, seeing the picture through my phone and going, eee! <laughs> it's really creepy. It's pretty gross. <laughs> we almost left it for the housekeeping, but... Just to see what they'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Decided not to give anyone a heart attack. <laughs> yep, but we did take away someone from having a story for the rest of their life. <laughs> right. <laughs> we the did weirdest thing. that. <laughs> yes. It's the weirdest thing you've ever found in a hotel room. Well, <laughs> someone took the shower curtain down and wrapped up some pillows. <laughs> like a dead body. <laughs> Left it on the bed. I probably would have left it had it not been like your name on the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we check in under Sue's like my work, like her work, and so yeah, and it's a benefit that can be taken away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to behave. <laughs> I need to see. <laughs> Couple days after we checked out, my boss like, "Can you come see me in my office?" <laughs> that would be a tough one to explain. <laughs> what if like two maids saw it and freaked out and ran out of the room and called the cops or something? I don't 
<laughs> like just in case it's weird you know and all of a sudden it's like a thing <laughs> turns into a thing <laughs> think like so, a bomb squad <laughs> I think we made the right decision putting the shower curtain back up <laughs> <laughs> yes we robbed someone of a good story yeah but and I still have my job so we're good <laughs> and we can still get cheap hotel rooms in yes. name. <laughs> That's it's all, right. It's all good. <sighs> okay. We're not even making any sort of assumption that we're going to do all this tonight. Nope. We know we're only recording feedback tonight. Yep. So this is the feedback episode. Yep. So should we get started? Yep. Alright. Um, do you want to start with the song that Mike wrote? Yeah, it's our are first you, one, I guess. Are you prepared to do that? Sure. So Mike wrote us a song. Which This is the coolest thing. It's amazing. Mike is in a band called Vista Blue. And so, as a just a closing of Yes Mother, I guess, he wrote us a little song. Just so cool. I know, and when you texted me and sent it to me, I was at Savers picking out chick items for my <laughs> costume. <laughs> I was like, almost in tears a couple times. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> We are touched and we love the song, Mike. Yes. So, this is Mike in room number 10. I guess fate's no teller's done. They say good things never last. I miss watching every Monday night. I'll miss my favorite podcast. Yes, mother. We don't want to listen to any other. Yes, mother. We know the best thing you know lover. Yes, mother. We don't want to listen to any other show. Mike, that was so fun. Thank you. It was great. I've had a few people listen to it, and they're like, that's such so cute that he did that for you guys. And they're like, and it's a good song. <laughs> like, it sounds it's catchy. Good. <laughs> the harmony's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> well done. We love it. Awesome. And he did not ask us to do this, but if you liked it, you should probably check out his band Vista Blue Absolutely. there you go Matt yeah. little uh little plug little plug for you <laughs> you earned it okay should move on to Julia Julia you won <laughs> <laughs> final feedback <laughs> Julia in the Razor Clam room do you want me to read this one? Yeah, go ahead. All right. 
He says, well, it's over, and I'm a sobbing mess. My face is soaked with tears, and I'm still crying as I type this. 10.42 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended like... 42 minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, the chord was a gorgeous, stunning, heartbreaking, and fitting end to possibly the most well-acted, written, and directed show of the past decade. As one of the very first fans of the show, who has been in love with it since November 2012, when I learned about this neat little prequel of Psycho, of Psycho called Bates Motel, that will be premiering in March through a YouTube interview with Max Terrio. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight is bittersweet. Very, very bitter, but also very, very sweet. I could never fully express all my feelings in a single email, so I'll try my best to be thorough while keeping it relatively short. It's been an absolute joy to watch this story unfold week after week for the past five seasons. Every single episode shocked and amazed me in the absolute best way possible, the finale being no exception. Until Bates Motel came along, I never knew I could become so attached to and invested in fictional characters and their lives. <laughs> I knew I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't expect to get as attached to these particular characters. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about it and I was like, oh, that sounds like that'll be really interesting. And I love Psycho, you know. Yeah, me too. Never knew I'd fall in love with Norma the way I did, you know. Who knew? Oh, yeah. Um, she says, I could not be more thrilled that all the characters on the show that I love so darn much were able to be fully developed and tell their complete stories. Although I am devastated that this journey is over, the final episode for me was just that, final. It was all very surreal, but there's an odd feeling of satisfaction that comes with watching a story like Bates unfold from beginning, middle, to end. A complete story, fully told with virtually no questions left to answer. I love that. It's I good. have a few questions. <laughs> There's still some questions, but like nothing, just nothing that I'm going to lose sleep over, you know? No, and it's, so, there are no questions that I would love, and Carrie Aaron has been a little, and I need to find more of them, but she's been answering some of the ones that bothered me, like, mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Edwards stuff See, like that and I just you know I just figure well I guess we can just let our imaginations figure out what happened you know we can and the I thing would have about, loved to have seen it but eh yeah and the thing about life and everyone complains that TV shows aren't true to life well guess what things like Bodies are never found. Yeah, people disappear. And that's true to life. Yeah. Like Bradley, that was a big unanswered yeah. thing that didn't happen as they didn't find Bradley's body. Well, guess what? That is true to life. That's more true to life than if they would have wrapped everything up like that at the end. Because that's just not how it works. Yeah, then people would have complained it was all wrapped up in a pretty package, you know? Yeah. So... But yeah, people do disappear and are never, it just never gets solved. Yeah, and that's something I'd love that if someone asked Carrie Point Blank or Carlton Cuse, was her body ever found and what happened with that? I'd love it if they just said, yes, it was, it, but it happened 10 years later and they right. pinned it on Norman and said, well, there's another one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Caleb, 
Caleb was a big unanswered, but again, that happens. That's real. Because I could find these bodies in 10, 15, 20 years, and they'll be able to tie it to Norman Bates and go, hmm, there's another one of his victims, you know? Yeah, they if they find a charred remains of Caleb, that'll, you know, they probably won't know what really happened, but, meh, that's okay. Yeah, they'll never know it was Chick that hit him, but they can just pin it on Norman. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's the harm? <laughs> um... Let's see. Fully told, virtually no questions left to answer. I love that. It's been a thrilling ride, made even more fantastic by you guys and your hilarious, informative, super fun podcast. Aw. Thanks. Uh, thank you, A&E, and everyone involved in making of the show. Thank you, Carrie Aaron. Thank you, for Vera Farmiga. Thank you, Freddie Highmore. And thank you, Yes Mother Podcast, for a crazy good five years. I will forever remember the sadness, hilarity, darkness, fun, shock, and the great pleasure Bates Motel brought to my life. I feel like I'm saying goodbye to a loved one. I love you, Bates Motel. Thank you, and goodbye. That's very touching, and Mm -hmm. the great thing about a great series is it's so rewatchable, and you'll always have it. Yep. And it was a complete story, and that's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. She says, till hopefully sometime soon, Julia in the Razor Clam Room. She says, P.S. I have successfully completed my five-season goal of never missing an episode airing live. Fifty episodes, never missed one, not one, ever. I feel so vindicated. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know if there is a show that I've done that with. I don't think so. That is cool. Yeah. Because a lot of shows, if I end up watching it week by week, a lot of times I, like, catch the first season on, like, Netflix or DVD and then start with the second season as it airs. Which is what we did with this show. We did that with this show. I did that with Lost. Luckily, we were able to get all the season one episodes done before season two started for the podcast, but yeah. Yeah. But that's pretty impressive, Julia, and I'm so glad you found us. We've really enjoyed having you as one of our guests at the B&B. Yeah, for sure. B&B's still open. Oh, yeah. Uh, No one's checking out, by the way. (laughs) Keep your air vents open. And we have plenty more episodes to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Mother's not going anywhere soon. No. We've got some plans. So. Leave some good stuff worth listening to. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. It's certainly not going to be a weekly thing, but it'll be a thing. Uh-huh. So. We're not shutting down that Facebook page either. No. At the very least, we'll always have what we've been watching stuff to do. <laughs> totally. So. Yep. So, all right. Well, thanks, Julia. Thank you. All right. Daniel is next. Oh, Daniel. We thought about you a lot watching the final. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
so, hey, Em and Sue. Tearful hugs to you both. I already know this is going to be long, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Daniel. <laughs> Get it all down. Yep. <laughs> it's been wonderful to have you as companions to enjoy the show together, bounce ideas and frustrations off of, and argue over beloved pairings. Some shows are pure entertainment, eaten and moved on from. Others are art and impress and mystify us. But a few are emotional journeys, which remain with us for the rest of our lives. Oh, of course I have criticisms. You criticize what you love the most. But for me, Bates Motel was ultimately the latter. It brought Psycho's mother and Norman to life and made me fall in love with watching them move and breathe and suffer together, break and try to make each other whole. That was lovely. Danielle's always very... Poetic. I know. Just very eloquent. Yes. I suppose what impressed me the most about the series finale was how they didn't draw the conclusion out. Almost everything built up last episode was resolved rather quickly within the first act. And it's almost too obvious to point that out. Of course, if this were reality and not drama, Norman would never have had so much time to go back home and try again with being immediately caught by the police without being immediately caught by the police. Most likely that would have happened, but... Eh. Yeah. Sue and I have theories. <laughs> Just think about Elizabeth Smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and if you had listened to our commentary again... We were very surprised <laughs> about how everything that was built up that we thought this episode would be was, like, done before the opening credits. Kristen actually asked, wait, did we just watch the ending? <laughs> like, did, did we mess up? <laughs> Are we catching? Yeah, because we were on a different cable station. Like, at home, we watched it on Xfinity, and... The hotel had DirecTV, and they actually play on TV the East Coast. And so it started an hour and a half earlier than we were expecting. Uh-huh. Well, we had to watch the second viewing because the original viewing started at 8. And I was the only one at the hotel. I was like, uh, it just started. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we are all like, we're used to it starting at 11 and we were totally prepared because that's when it airs on Xfinity in Utah. It's lame. Right. That's how it goes because we get the West Coast, but we're an hour difference. So if it starts at 10 on the West Coast, it starts at 11 for us. So it's late for us. And so we were all expecting that. And I'm actually driving to the hotel and Sue's like, it's starting. <laughs> <laughs> But luckily they played it and then played that checked in thing and then they just redid it. So, so that's we all got one, to the hotel yeah. and messed around and then watched it. Yeah, watched the second airing of it. So that's why when all that happened in the first like five minutes, Chris is like, are you sure this isn't the end? Of the <laughs> We're like messed week? up the time. Because, <laughs> yeah, the, that was... That was so fun and surprising. <laughs> so that was great. awesome. They got everybody, I think, with that. It happened so fast. <laughs> and we were just like, what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> There's still an hour left. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we started going like, oh, no, Dylan. Dylan's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, good times. Okay, keep going. Okay. I know you love Romero. My condolences. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> Thanks for thinking of us. <laughs> but for me, the outcome was even better than I had allowed myself to expect for the character I love to hate. Though I'm still not sure if it was Mother or Norman who gunned him down. It wasn't actually very believable, if I'm being honest. To think that a trained, hardened rogue cop with murderous intent would bend over and turn his back on Norman, whom he knows is psychotic and homicidal. But I saw as Romero's just deserts, because in his quest for revenge, I never felt like his feelings for Norma rose above his own feelings of personal loss. Best exemplified by the curt and callous reply, well, she's dead, she doesn't get a say, to Maggie's protest that not even Norma herself would want this. See, it wasn't about Norma anymore, it was just about him, and I had little to no sympathy for it. The way I see it, this was never going to be Romero's story after all, and so I'm glad the creators kept the majority of the focus where it belonged. Okay, the only thing I agree with you there is that it wasn't Romero's story. Yeah. And it wasn't going to be. Nope. Much as I loved him, it's not. I mean, Mm-mm. the Norma Romero love story was a f- beautiful part of part of the show, but it wasn't the end game. It was a little distraction. That little distraction turned out to be one of my very favorite pairings in television. But even with that in mind, I knew and I you know, I'd get caught up in it, but I knew it wasn't about this. Right. No. It's not Romero's. else. No. <laughs> and, okay, do we just, since Let's Daniel just... brought it up, yeah, because I'm sure more people are going to, and I'm going to have my say about the Romero-Norman showdown. <laughs> okay. I don't see why it wasn't believable at all. I don't either. I watched it, you know, after, let's just do my second watch, knowing how it ends up, and watching it again. He punches the crap out of Norman and he's like unconscious. He, he unconscious. leaves him unconscious yep. for one. Yep. And then he's his wife's dead body. His wife's dead is body right guys. there buried <laughs> in the snow and she's been dead for 2 years. Love of his life. Sit down Daniel. I didn't say love of her life. <laughs> I may think it, (laughs) but we're talking about Romero here. Love of his life, I think it's safe to say. Mm -hmm. Laying there. And he had just totally punched Norman out. And I think he fully believed he was out cold. And Romero's also just not thinking very rationally right now i mean he's no kidnapped he's not someone at from jail. he kidnapped his receptionist or clerk or whoever she was he shot one of his old deputies in the arm he locked him up i mean romero is not in his right mind either so no, thinking like he's... a cop you know 
I think it's asking a lot to think that he's going to be totally on his game and up on his cop skills. Yes. Never turn your back. Yeah, he had his gun in his back. But again, I will say again, he had totally punched the crap out of Norman. <laughs> and Norman looked, I mean, it was bad. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It was. He had the crazy, he should not have been conscious. <laughs> right. But he was. So if you want to like think it was unbelievable the most unbelievable thing to me is that norman was able to get up and be that Mm -hmm. having that much wits about him to actually shoot romero and right hit him with a rock because he shouldn't have yeah but we know this is something that a lot of people had a problem with so we're not just saying it to you daniel we're saying it to everyone right oh yeah and this is my diatribe to everybody yeah, <laughs> that yeah. has a problem with it. But I don't know. I liked it because it gave us that. As soon as he started betting over Norma, I was like, oh, no, Norman's going to show up over his shoulder. He's going to show I up over his shoulder. And there he was. And it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It so, was awesome. So put aside. Okay, yeah. Most cops wouldn't have done that. But most cops don't have their dead wife buried in the snow either. <laughs> and she, oh, it just, I mean, seriously, yeah. honestly, everybody that has a problem with it, put yourself in his position. Seriously, yeah. put yourself in his position. Just think about it. It's awful. It's horrible. Yeah. And it's one of the most distracting things that you could probably see. It'd be horrifying. Even though he knows it's there, It's he's actually seen her for the first time. And that... devastation and not really knowing what Norman's been doing. He doesn't know. He even says that. Yeah. When he's got the gun, when they're in the car still and he's got the gun on Norman's forehead, you know, he goes, he says something like, I don't know what you've been doing to the body, you know, to her. And it's just like, what is going on in his head? He's just (laughs) horrified. And rightly he should be. It's like, (laughs) oh man. So, so yeah. I have zero problem with him having a gun in the back and turning his back on Norman. Zero problem. He could also still be a little weirded out by the infection, you know. Yeah. He had a really weird time at the Bates house. I still stand by that. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't a dude in his, like, with all his faculties about him. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. Okay. Um, He did have a mission to kill Norman, and I guess there wasn't any reason to not have shot him just then, but I think we can... I think we can um, chalk that up to thinking he had knocked him out and was going to, and got distracted with Norma. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe he didn't intend to kill him. Maybe he wanted to just turn him in and have him suffer in jail without Norma the rest of his life. Or beat him almost to death and let him die of exposure. 
Sure. Slowly torture him to death. I mean, what would be worse? Shooting him outright or having him rot in prison for killing Norma? Yeah. As we know, Norman would have found it a lot worse to live. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. Okay. So everyone else that brings it up, refer to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I stand, and that's where Sue stands. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> the way Mother was like, okay, Norman, now you know everything. You don't need me anymore. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Left me wondering why, if she was just a personality created to protect him from his trauma, did she want to murder all those people anyways? Didn't that, you know, put him at more risk? Of course I know in my head that the murders are really all about him and the real Norma and Norman's incestuous <laughs> psychosexual stuff and jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> but the way they played it, that bid that character farewell, made it all seem just a little unnecessary. I think... Okay, that was weird, and that's a hard one for me to really wrap my mind around still. I, th- I think it's kind of the only part of the finale that I was like what (laughs) (laughs) and we're referring to her leaving at that moment yeah she says you know everything now you don't need me to protect you anymore and she leaves and it's like but I don't know if she when I've I've taken some time to think about it and if you think about her as purely and I, I don't know if this holds up when you do the killing stuff, but purely as someone who was to protect him from the memories of his childhood trauma mm-hmm. plus the the idea that he killed her. Because that's, that's why he created her in the movie. So they like right. doubled up. She was created, and he did create her a little differently when that happened. So that makes sense. After he killed her, he did mentally change a little bit. Right. But anyway, if you look at it a purely psychological fact that she was there to protect him from his childhood traumas and from the knowledge that he killed her, psychologically, she should go away. And that's what I think ideally happens in a dissociative personality disorder when you face all that stuff and know it's true. You don't need that personality anymore. So it's just like Romero telling him that he killed his mother? Yes. Okay. Romero, and I know that from interviews with Carrie, Romero telling him that you can't escape the fact that you killed her did that to him. Okay. It's psychologically, he accepted it. And that started the next phase into his psychosis so if you look at it that way it makes sense that she honestly his brain didn't need it anymore she wasn't a physical person you know right she wasn't a spirit helping him she wasn't an angel or a spirit helping him she was a psychological defense his mind brought up and when those defenses are no longer needed She goes away. Now, 
the fact that she murdered people, she honestly, if you look at all the murders she did, except Emma Dakota, she murdered those people to protect him from just physical protection. Um, Bradley was going to take him away and that was just pure like you can't you can't separate us you know right right and with Emma Dakota she just Audrey oh sorry Audrey (laughs) that's who I meant before Audrey she killed just out of pure like mother resentment I am a good mom you suck you right. should die. Well, so that was like a weird thing. It was just doing it to protect Emma from a bad mom. <laughs> yeah, that was for Emma. And then uh, actual hitman. Yeah. Oh, and we forget uh, Blair Watson. She killed her because... And that was a lot more psycho. You know, this is like a harlot that's... Right, right. You need... You need saving from that. Now, the killing of his mother. That was Norman. That was not mother. Yes? Yes. Because he wanted to kill himself, too. Yeah. And mother didn't protect him from that. That was never addressed. And that's an interesting question I'd like to ask Carrie. That's true. So, yeah, that's an interesting question. Why didn't Mother protect him from killing himself? Yeah, that is. Maybe she thought, oh, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we all go? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's a good plan, Norman. (laughs) I'm on board. (laughs) I'm on board. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't have to protect you from all your childhood trauma. Anyway. I don't, um, especially, well, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's address the incestuous psychosexual stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Let me read that part again. The murders are really all about him and the real Norma and Norman's incestual psychosexual stuff and jealousy. Okay. If I take away the real Norma, (laughs) yeah, especially the Bradley one and the Blair Watson, those are about him and. Norman's incestuous psychosexual stuff and jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't believe Norma was as big of a part of that as Daniel does, but we just have different takes. Well, and I think I think head Norma just didn't want Norman to get close to another woman. I think Head Norman knew how to exist inside Norman under Norma being alive and Norman being close to her. But if he got close to a different woman, that might change. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he was legit in love with her. Right. Sexually. And, you know, when you look at Psycho, when he'd get turned on by a woman it was a jealousy thing and mother would kill so if you put that 
I think it, I think it works nicely with the show too. I think so. The Blair Watson murder and the, uh, and the Bradley murder. Yeah. It's like, you can't have any other women in your life. You've got this one. You can have her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, your mother, but yes, especially with the Bradley around that time, that was sex kitten head Norma. She was really turning on the Mm -hmm. sexual desire. Yes. Yes. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, us and Daniel, we've all agreed to disagree pretty much for the most part <laughs> that we don't really include actual Norma in that as much as Daniel does. By that, I mean, I don't at all. But. Um, yeah. She was a little weird sometimes. She was. She she crossed boundaries and was inappropriate, but I don't I don't think I still she didn't I don't, see it sexual. I don't think she was attracted to her son sexually though. Mm. No, I don't either. But she definitely crossed boundaries. Yeah. Especially if you don't want your son to be sexually attracted to you. She crossed lines, she shouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> She made mistakes. <laughs> But if you want to believe like Daniel that she meant it, I'm all for it. Yep. Go for it. I don't see it that way, but that's just my opinion. Okay. We're getting out all our stuff with this email. (laughs) 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 Okay. However... Did we need to waste time on a scene of Dylan buying a gun off from Remo? We honestly would have believed you if Dylan just showed up with one. I yeah, I mean, the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, hey, it's Romero. And we're all together and we're like, ha ha. And then the second time you're like, this is a really long, dumb scene. We don't care about, we don't care about Remo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I totally would have believed if Dylan had a gun. I I wouldn't have questioned just, it whatsoever. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, Dylan definitely took a gun when he went to White Pine Bay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, would I have liked to have that scene of something else that would have answered something, maybe? Yes. But, whatevs. <laughs> yep. We didn't need it. No, we didn't. Nope. Agreed. It only would have been worth it if Caleb's body floated by. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like your idea there. <laughs> I heard someone point out, and I don't remember where, so this isn't my idea, mm-hmm. but it was kind of an interesting showcase to how much White Pine Bay has changed and is now like legit. You know, even like Romero, Remo is like, well, the sheriff is not crooked. And Remo's like, legit. Yeah. It's like, maybe it was not just a Remo goodbye, it's a White Pine Bay is going to be okay. (laughs) Mm, You know, it's not the seedy, weird, underground, um, crazy town it was when the series started. The corruption's over. And it's going to survive and be okay. 
Well, I think I would have thought that anyway without Remo showing up and yeah, saying that, you know. So Yeah, agreed. I didn't need a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't care. <laughs> I, I kind of like White Pine Baby, a little quirky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now I would just watch a show with a bloody, disheveled, and delirious Norman driving Norma's body all over the country. <laughs> and having adventures together. One of the funniest and saddest episodes, indeed. <laughs> That ride home was so crazy bonkers. Oh, man. Amazing. I think it's some of my favorite stuff of the whole series. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was so bonkers. He was so bonkers. (laughs) He was just so crazy. All I think of is Norman on, I mean, not Norman, Homer on the Shinnin episode where he's like, like this. (laughs) (laughs) No TV and no beer make Homer something, something. Go crazy. (laughs) Don't mind mind if I do. I I like to have a little gif of that running through my head. (laughs) Norman is this little time. <laughs> that is exactly where he went. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> and man, he went crazy. Yep. Oh, jeez. It was glorious. It was glorious and it was like forced on his part and after oh. knowing that he forced it rewatching it, it's just it was so good. Well, <laughs> Yeah, she told him, she's like, she had Norm basically told him to shush everything. We'll get into it when we do the recap, because, you know, watching it with... I don't think that was head Norma. I think that was just a pure dream. Just a pure dream. (laughs) I think Yeah, dream Norma, Norma, I mean, yeah. Okay. The dream Norma. head Norma was legit gone. Yeah, that's right. Dream Norma. Yeah. Here's the deal. Um, so in one of the interviews I read, Carrie Aaron said that when Head Norma left and he passes out and then he wakes up, you know, and goes back to the beginning, mm-hmm. this was basically Norman had he never created Head Norma. Okay. That makes sense. What did he, she say? It was pretty good. So, man, Head Norma, he needed her. (laughs) (laughs) When they do that little flash of, like, them pulling up and she has him close his eyes and she's sitting on the Mercedes and... (laughs) 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 It's just... Victor Pascal Norman just standing alone in the parking lot. <laughs> just his hair and the look on his face. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's the best. Oh, God. And then, oh, you just see him carrying her up the stairs. He's so crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
It's so fantastic. It is fantastic. Okay, so the question was, when Norma left Norman in the woods at the end, did he cease to have a split personality? And Carrie says, what you saw was what would have happened to him when he was a little kid if he'd never created her. He basically just lost his mind. He's like a little puppy. He's like a little kid playing with a doll. He's completely gone at that point. It's heartbreaking. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that explains it. That describes it. <laughs> yep. It was fantastic. It was amazing. And Freddy was just absolutely amazing as always get that guy an emmy oh man okay says okay no fair those scenes of norman putting norma's corpse to bed in that hideous nightgown while feverishly talking to her and making himself believe she's alive or setting her up at the dinner table in that cute little red outfit were what this season was supposed to start with that's how i imagined it in psycho i feel a little cheated carrying carlton (laughs) That is how I imagined. Same. It was totally psycho, but I I don't feel cheated. I feel glad that we got a taste of it. We got a taste of it, but I could have I, I would have been happy with more. <laughs> I would have been happy with more and I wanted that voice. Yeah. I wanted him to do the voices. Yeah. That would have been amazing. That would have been great. Once, he would have like wouldn't it have been amazing if like when Dylan is still discovering Norma in the dining room and you hear Norman in the kitchen talk to Norma and do both, oh. like do a Norma voice and him. Wouldn't that Shush. have been amazing? You are scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would have been amazing. <laughs> See, they could have extended that part and not had Remo. Oh my gosh, that would have been, oh, I don't even, that would have been fantastic. It would have been such a great call out to Psycho and so unbelievably creepy oh man (laughs) now I feel cheated too (laughs) thanks Daniel for making us come up with that scenario (laughs) now I hate it (laughs) and that was a hideous night gal that was weird I know it was like flannel with like roses on it or something Norman didn't have as good of taste as Norma when it came to Dressing her. Huh? Dressing her. Who did pick the cute little Santa Claus outfit at the end, but... Yep. That I'm still shocked was actually a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really strange that... Because we only saw her in that once, and that was the first time he imagines her alive after she had died. Right. And so, I don't know, I guess he just put her in that in his mind, and it was something she had in her closet. Yep. Which I love. Okay. Norman was never really going to stab Dylan with that knife. He just wanted to give him a little push to pull the trigger. Since his last-ditch effort to create a better reality failed, it was time to just end it and join Norma in their own private heaven. And I'm thrilled to see that they're buried side by side, or in each other's decomposing arms, as I like to imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure Dylan did that. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to have you guys spoon like I woke up to so many mornings and thought was inappropriate. Daniel. 
<laughs> under a joint headstone. Oh man. Yeah, I agree. I and I another interview I read, or maybe the same one, is that Norman didn't know <laughs> what he was going to do when he picked up that knife. He just he was making that up as he went along. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree in his heart. It was just pure suicide and I think so. He just lunged at him knowing what Dylan would do. I think so. And he said thank you. Yeah. Oh. What a scene. Okay. Did you catch that the long lost former sex slave Jow was the realtor for the motel in the end? It was a blink and you miss it thing. I did not. Is it really? It's Jow. Yeah. When I rewatched it, I'm like, it totally is. Oh, how funny. I had no idea. I thought she'd been killed. Yeah, she just ran out in the woods and apparently went to real estate school. <laughs> and then sold the motel she was being kept as a slick slave at? Wow. Which is weird. That's weird. But she didn't sell it. She was hopeful to sell it, and she reduced the price a few times. And in my head canon, I feel bad, but sh- they don't unload that hotel. <laughs> I don't think so. That was just... That's funny. I had no idea. Wasn't that hilarious? I love that they did that, but I do think it is weird for her to sell it. <laughs> She's like, and this is room number four. <laughs> I was chained to that sink (laughs) and forced to have sex with the deputy sheriff (laughs) and several other men. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, I I love that it's her because she, I mean, I'm sure she had other properties. She had a cute little suit and she looked fresh and healthy and... Yeah, no, she looked great. I just, yeah. Apparently... Over the trauma of that hotel, because she was able to list it. Right. <laughs> so, she's mentally probably pretty healthy. She looked great, so that's really fun. And something that people have always wanted to know, what happened to Jow, so they did answer one thing. Or that thing, I should say. As a whole, I think the episode makes for a fantastic series finale, but I do have my criticisms about its effectiveness as a season finale for the threads going on this season. If you do a season retrospective, maybe we can get into that. We will do that, and sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dreaming a little dream in the dream lover room, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, thanks, Daniel. Yep, thanks, Daniel. We figured you would like how that ended up. Yeah, it was a very nice cater to the Norman-Norma relationship. It was beautiful. It was. Yeah, it was beautiful even for us that don't ship the two. Because they were a cute, close mother and son, you know. Yeah, we don't ship them sexually, but we're totally (laughs) pro-Norma-Norman. Totally. Was it healthy for Norma? And would she have been happier with Romero? Yes. (laughs) But that just wasn't to be. And that sucks. But that was not the projection for her life. She was 
too much of a mess. Yep. To handle something like that in another world or in another life, yes, but yep, this wasn't to be. You know, Vera pointed out she. I really liked what she said. There was like a Carrie and Vera interview, and it was for the New York Magazine. It's really good. And she's like, you know, she wasn't just like arbitrarily damaged. She legit had a lot of trauma in her life, you know? Yeah, she did. <laughs> it's not like she was this big drama queen. Uh-uh. She suffered a lot. And we, you know, we've talked about we've it talked all. We've talked about that, that you know, this poor woman gets like raped by her brother, has a terrible mom and dad, tries to make a new start in White Pine Bay and gets freaking raped like the first day she's there. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. None of those, 99% of the world will never have any of those things happen to them. And you skipped she had a husband that was so dramatic and so traumatic that she caused like the worst trauma in her son. You can imagine (laughs) he had to create a split personality of her to guard himself from it. That was a killer. Yeah. And (laughs) killed his dad and she had to cover that up. I guess she didn't have to, but of course she would. Right. Just, yeah, and the years. I mean, Norma's and ent- Norman's entire childhood till he was seventeen was hell with this man. Right, right. So, just yeah. man, that woman. She, it, yeah, she lived through a lot. So <laughs> she's gonna have some interesting. Just going to have some baggage. (laughs) (laughs) Good word. (laughs) So I like to think of her and Norman together now, just wherever they are. Yep. I like it. Free of their... uh, Free of this world. Yeah. And all the baggage that their brains had to deal with. Yep. It's lovely. Okay. All right. So our next one is from Candy. And she says, hey, Em and Sue. Uh, First of all, this has been the best podcast I've listened to. Oh, Oh, that's nice. Wow. Uh, Y'all have a beautiful relationship and it comes through in this podcast. Your laughter together is beautiful. I appreciate your love for the show and it has been so, so enjoyable to watch along with y'all. I've already started my rewatch, re-listen, and like both even more this time around. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, thank you for all your time and devotion. It's been very entertaining. Well, you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> it's been one of my favorite projects I've done. Me too. Uh, she says, I just finished watching The Chord and enjoyed it very much. I LOL'd when Norman moved the candy corn ditch away from the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Uh, my favorite part was the Dylan Norman scene it was so creepy and tragic I'm thankful Dylan survived 
and that he and Emma and their little Norma lookalike daughter are together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had to shush that the police weren't at the house waiting for Norma to show up, but mostly loved how everything played out. Still processing, and we'll rewatch. Thanks again for everything. Can't wait to hear the podcast. Candy in the Maybe This Time Room. Well, thanks, Candy. Well, thanks, Candy. It's been fun doing the podcast, and... We're glad you enjoyed it, and we're glad that you can just shush the police not being there. That's the way to do it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The one other thing we haven't addressed. (laughs) What? The police not being at the house. Let's get into that next time. I thought we We, did. Well, we did it just before the podcast started. Insert that here. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> just insert that there. <laughs> All right, done. <laughs> I don't want to rehash it. <laughs> no, we explained it very well, so I'm going to insert that here. And... Well, and I think they just put too much of realistic expectations, and there's no way Norman would have had time to do all that. Well, you know what? In the real world, no, probably not. But... <laughs> You know, in this world, I can think, you know what? They checked the Bates' house before he got there, and he wasn't there. And so they went looking for Romero, and they've been in the woods that whole time. That's totally what I did. Boom. She explained that she didn't care. She was worried about their Regina. Right. Exactly. And she explicitly said that. She also said, go check the Bates house. And I'm sure they did right then. And they weren't there. And it was fine. Yep, because Norman slept out there all night long. Right. You know. And then, yeah, they were out. Okay, well, he's not at the home. And Regina told them exactly what happened. Romero and him, they parked their car here. Well, they actually kept going. And (laughs) that's where they are. Exactly. And it's not, I don't think they were bringing people in for this situation at the time. I think they were keeping it in White Pine Bay. And they don't have that many officers. So I don't think they're like, they had anyone to spare to be like, you drive around town and see the house. Right. They don't have enough people to be like, you sit at the house in case he comes yeah. back. Or, And you know, it just, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. And, and I you know thought... What? Unbelievable stuff happens in real life, too. When, you know, the thing I always think about that just blows my mind is that Elizabeth Smart was only about a mile (laughs) and a half from her house for about two weeks. (laughs) Yep. And they came knocking on my door looking for her, you know. (laughs) They did such a grid of downtown I was living at Liberty Park at the time and they knocked on my door and they wanted, and I was, of course, you know, not only she was, was a mile she, and a half from her house. Right. Not only woods. was she out there in the woods, <laughs> she could by hear her house, people look, calling her name, <laughs> but she was going to parties. She was walking around town with the like white veil on. Exactly. In plain sight. People, Hundreds yeah. of people saw her, I and they're know. like, oh, my word. I so, I've been seeing Elizabeth Smart for five months. You know what? <laughs> By the gas station. If that can happen, this can happen. And that was real life. <laughs> that was real life. So, and, you know, we both like true crime. We both like 
listening to podcasts and reading stories. We've been doing it forever. Uh-huh. And how many freaking botched police investigations exactly. have you read about? <laughs> More than go smoothly. <laughs> yes. So... They don't know. And when you are the viewer or you know all the answers, you think you know all the answers and they should too, but they don't. And they do the best they can. Sometimes they don't do the best they can. Sometimes they get single-minded and think they know. And I think she thought she knew. Yep. I'm talking about the sheriff. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's where the Elizabeth Smart stuff came from. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, funny thing. Um, TV line asked Carlton Cuse if they were really done, and he's like, "Unless we make a show about Emma and Dylan's um, like evil spot, <laughs> 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 like they make her like." <laughs> Evil killer, split personality person. That, that would make me sad if they did that. No, I, <laughs> Dylan and Emma only have perfect life. Yeah. I don't want Dylan to have to deal with that. So, no, no, Dylan erase. Dylan has to live the rest of his life with the memory of walking in the dining room and seeing his mother's <laughs> corpse sitting at the table. Yep. Give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to shoot his brother. There's that. Yep. So, yeah. That was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, but I laughed. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Mallory? Is next? Yep. Okay. Oh, her subject line. So long, White Pine Bay. Sad face. <laughs> um, says, hey, Sue and M. Well, it's over, and half of me is like, no, I want another season. And the other half of me is like, nope, that was absolutely perfect. Maybe I'm channeling too much Norman. <laughs> <laughs> well... If you find yourself <laughs> driving around, <laughs> disheveled hair, talking to yourself, bloody eye, yeah, maybe rethink. Seek help. <laughs> Go seek some help <laughs> with your dead mother in the back. <laughs> oh, Don't forget that. <laughs> Uh, regardless, that was an incredibly satisfying ending. I never doubted that the writers would put together an absolutely flawless finale, but wow, it was beautifully tragic ending to such a sad story. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know what they'd do with another season. <laughs> no, it is wrapped up. It be Dylan and Emma in wedded bliss. <laughs> I have no interest in that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad they made it and glad they're happy, but that's all I need. <laughs> yep. It was kind of hard to take notes during this, but I did my best. Okay, I'm a bit baffled as to how Head Norma knew where the body was. 
They seemed to make it a point that she didn't want to know where it would be, and then she led Romero right to her. Maybe I'm overthinking that, but it seemed a bit odd. Okay, we're going to address that, because we got a post from someone. Who was it? Oh, was that just me? I think it was. And I never told anybody. (laughs) (laughs) We have an answer to that from Mitako. And she she sent it to me before the finale, but after we had recorded, and so it just it never came up. Oh. Um. So hopefully this helps. Okay. She said, "Just finished the visiting hours recap. I believe Norman did tell Mother where he was putting Norma's body. Something about a clearing by a cabin up the mountain pass. So if she just magically knows where the body is, that's why." Happy watching. <laughs> oh, okay. So if we'd rewatch that scene where he hides her body, apparently he tells her. Oh. He just didn't want her to come with him. Gotcha. Okay. So they must have both known very clearly where this cabin by the mountain pass was. Right, so. right. Anyway, my whole theory of... Norma not knowing. That's why none of that happened because she didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just figured had Norma reached down and woke Norman up and was like, Where's the body? <laughs> and he was like, It's in that mountain pass by the cabin. And she's like, Okay, go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well she talks she they do have a little conversation. They do have a conversation. Front of Alex. <laughs> yes. So that isn't a bad theory. Right. Because so. he was, I think he was just kind of below the surface the whole time. Maybe not all the times, but yeah. when big things were happening. Yeah, totally he was. So perhaps that helps you, Mallory, with being satisfied. Because I'm the one that overthought it. I mean, not claiming the whole theory that Norma didn't know. But right, nope. I'm probably one that did that to you at least part way. <laughs> but I was wrong. <laughs> it was a good theory, though. It was. Okay. Regina whining. Best line. This isn't about you, Regina. Ugh. Thank you, Alex. Now start walking. <laughs> oh, no doubt. It was even more annoying on the second one. I know. <laughs> All right. Head Norma continuing to be her smart-ass self while there is a gun pointed at her head. <laughs> Uh, maybe 10 miles. Maybe I'm lying. Not today, Head Norma. Alex doesn't look like he's playing LOL. <laughs> no, he was not. Nope. He was just having... He wanted nothing to do with any sort of... It was interesting, because I always wanted him to know about him being Norma, but when the scene actually played out, he's just like, I don't care. You know, he was just beyond caring about his mental illness. And you can get that way. Mm-hmm. You know, Emma saw herself that way for a little while. And I'm actually quite okay with it at this point. That he just never knows. I don't think he ever found out that he was Norma. He just did not. He couldn't have cared less. I don't think so. Yeah, By I the agree. time he was there. It's just like, I don't care. You're talking to yourself weird. You're saying weird stuff. I don't have time for this, and I don't 
care. It's all about what you did and where is Norma's body because that's my oh, thing. Yeah. That that would have to be your priority. <laughs> yeah, and so that's where he was. So he never found out. I mean, the the two years that Romero spent in jail, the priority was getting revenge and killing Norman. And then Chick throws this. Oh, he dug her up. <laughs> it's like priority shift. <laughs> oh yeah, I fully believe when he found out that Norman dug her body up and kept it in the house, he absolutely. His priority focus, shift. Yeah, how and could focus it not? I mean, oh, are you course. kidding me? That's just crazy. And right now, do you want to hear what his plans were? Who's Romero's? Yeah. Sure. Is this according to Carrie? Yep. It said, what was Alex's endgame? He was going to go and retrieve Norma's body and then do what? She said, bury it properly and shoot himself on top of the grave. That's about exactly what I thought. Yeah. Not, yeah. And I, honestly, at this point, I don't think killing Norman even mattered at this point. I really think he had an entire shift focus. I think Norman could have been collateral damage just fine. I don't think he cared. I think it was all about her body and getting it back in the ground and then just killing himself. Yeah. I think he just left Norman and didn't give a crap. I think so. I can believe that. Yep. Anyway, interesting. I like that. And I also don't feel that bad that it didn't play out that way. It's just fine that he got shot instead and her body ended up where he wanted it. So I get that little vindication. Right, right. I would have liked to have a little triple gravestone. (laughs) (laughs) Romera, Norma, and Norman if he needed It is an interesting question what happened to Romero. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to headcanon that. I mean, and I don't know who. I guess his dad was still alive. I guess he probably just had him buried somewhere around there, but I would have liked. I'm going to just go ahead and headcanon that Dylan bought. I mean, Dylan had a hand in getting him fairly close because Dylan was into that relationship right so suck it Daniel (laughs) (laughs) that's my head (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't a double plot but he's around and Dylan had a hand in it the Romero family plots just right around the corner yeah so they're close they're within eye distance. <laughs> you could hit it with a rock. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I uh, abandoned this email quite a while ago. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sheriff Green calls Dylan in to tell him about Norman and then has total disrespect for him when Dylan says Norman needs help. On top of asking him if he remembers that his brother was charged with killing multiple people. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he freaking remembers that. 
Yeah, she was out of line. Yeah, I didn't like her at all. Mm-mm. But I think that plays well into what happened with the police force and how Norman was left alone to do what he did. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she it was a fine just explanation. didn't care about Norman. <laughs> no. So. It, it's weird. And <laughs> it, it unfortunately happens. You would like to think that the sheriff would care about his well-being, but I, that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. And it's sad because he's not the one that kidnapped Regina, but you know, in Dylan's eyes, she he paid the price. Um, it also went really well for what Dylan his choices. I mean, that scene was annoying, and it made it didn't gain Sheriff Green any friends, but it set up Dylan's choices for the rest of the episode. Right, right. Which made everything seem uh, to flow pretty good. Dylan Wise and his weird choices. They were weird. (laughs) I have thoughts about that too, but I'll talk about it when we get there unless someone brings it up. Okay, Alex finds Norma and I'm dead. Yeah, that was really sad. Mm. But it didn't make me cry. Nope. I think I have left that part of the story for good you know I mean once I rewatch it I love it so much but by the time in the show we get to that it just doesn't affect me as much because I've kind of left that relationship behind by that point you know what I mean right no it wasn't as um, as sad as I thought it would be either that makes me sad to say as a Normaro shipper but it's true yeah it was sad, but it just didn't it didn't get me like when he sees her in the morgue and puts the ring on and stuff. Right. That was yeah, that was worse. Yep. I guess I'm just a little far removed from it. Yep. Okay. Head Norma is getting beat up by Alex. Alex has his back to Norman. What the hell? No, come on, Batmarrow, I expected more from you. Alex gets killed by Norman, but not before breaking Norman's psyche for good. Addressed. (laughs) (laughs) The way they did the overlap of the pilot and the finale was incredible. This is when I really started to cry. For the loss of Norma, for the breakdown of Norman, for all of it. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah. That part didn't make me cry either. I still giggle. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Every time it shows their... Like the back, all the little scenes. I just can't wait to see Norman. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> no time for crying. It's all about the giggling. <laughs> That's it. That crazy Norman. <laughs> oh my! They, cra- <laughs> they crazied him up so good too. <laughs> he so couldn't good. have looked crazier. Uh-uh. And his acting. Oh, man, it was so good. (laughs) Carry Norma into the house in broad daylight. Where are these officers checking all the properties? Hey, Green, Norman was charged with killing multiple people, or did you forget? 
might want to check the freaking motel occasionally. We fully believe they're looking for him in the woods. <laughs> yep. Addressed. Addressed. <laughs> they checked the hotel and house. He wasn't there. They went straight to the woods. Yep, and they had all men. Yep. When Dylan calls Emma and tells him where him... Okay. When Dylan calls Emma and tells her where yeah. him and Norman are, why didn't she call the cops? I couldn't sit there knowing my husband was in some scary house with a murderer. And like she said, he has a child. I would have thought she would have been on the phone with them in a heartbeat. Just for the sake of continuity and believability, let's just say she did. Yeah. And there is one dispatcher at the station and everyone else is out in the woods finding bodies. <laughs> right. Oh, just one. It would take them a very long time to get there. And I fully believe that could have happened. I could see her doing it, calling, and it is, there's just a dispatcher. They ra- She radios and says, guess what? Norman is at his house. Okay. It totally... Everybody is out in the woods. And if they send one officer there, it's going to take him, what, a half hour Exactly. That totally could have happened. The scene was about 10 minutes. Yeah, and I love to think that because I think absolutely Emma did that. There's no way she didn't. We know Emma really well. You bet she called. I bet she did. But there was no one there to just get zip right to the house. Yeah. How long? I mean, seriously, 10 minutes? Was he in that house? 15 tops, would you say? <laughs> Not, from Norman dies? No more than 15. More like 10. From yeah. the time he hangs up with Emma to where he's sitting on the floor with a dead Norman, it's only about 10 minutes. Yep. So, yeah, it's totally believable that when they hung up, Emma immediately called the cops and it took... Because we don't know if we didn't see Dylan call the cops. No, and you know they could have come in fifteen minutes. I'd be surprised yeah. if they could do it that quickly. But yeah. so there you go. Yeah, I think we can totally call that believable. And I and think it, it's very believable. Of course, yeah, she would it have. makes of, me feel a lot better that she called the what cops. What wife wouldn't, unless you wanted your husband dead? <laughs> And she's not the, okay, I will just obey you. Oh, heck no, it's Emma. Heaven, no. Emma would never do that. No. She called. And he didn't even say, no, don't call them. He's just like, I'm not going to call them. Right. So. Anyway, so I hope that helps. (laughs) The last scene was so sad. Dylan seeing Norma. Sorry, Em, for the vomit. No need to apologize. I had a great puked are and I knew it was coming and I didn't see a thing (laughs) (laughs) and then a mercy killing of Norman what a shot of Dylan holding Norman and Norma who was really Vera sitting there like that okay what okay (laughs) he wasn't holding Norman and Norma (laughs) I'm like you didn't grab her a comma a comma needs to be right there (laughs) (laughs) what a shot of Dylan holding Norman and Norma, who was really Vera, sitting there like that. So, yes, that was not a 
wax figure or anything that was that mm-hmm. was Vera. Mm-hmm. She's as I think Carrie has stated before. She's like the best dead actress she's ever seen in her life. Oh, and she's good. Yeah. Sitting at the table and the camera slowly pans out. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. That oh. is an amazing. That is just so sad. Oh, so sad. So sad. So I saw some people on Twitter complaining that we never saw what happened to Dr. Edwards and we never saw what happened to Caleb. But in my opinion, these are just secrets that will be buried with Norman. Just like Bradley, we have to assume they find the bodies and link them to Norman. An epilogue would have been nice, but it wasn't necessary to tell the story they wanted to tell. I'm perfectly fine. I don't need it in an epilogue. I don't need it in the show. I just like to hear little snippets of interviews and mm-hmm. that is perfectly good for me and I haven't heard anything about finding Bradley but or Caleb but I found out that Dr. Edwards um, she says about him she says when someone asked she said it is to be assumed mother killed him at some point because he knew too much and when Norman sees him in episode five, it's hallucinatory. Yep. So that's fine with me. That's fine. That's pretty much what we thought. Yeah. So I still would have liked to have seen. I, I really hope that Dr. Edwards showed up and saw her body and he had to kill her because he knew too much. I'm yeah, going with that. I replied to her comment that we had canon that it was a very similar scene to Detective Abergast. Right, right. And that's exactly, since they didn't write it, that's exactly how it is in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Without the kind of awkward falling down the stairs scene. (laughs) I really wanted to see that, though. (laughs) I did, too. I wanted them to shoot it just like it. Be like, ooh. Weird focus on his face. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. Weird scene. (laughs) It draws me out of the movie. (laughs) It does. Okay. Well, this is long and I'm sorry, LOL, but it's the dang series finale, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I loved how they tied the story up and I don't believe another set of writers, directors, or cast could have executed it as wonderfully. Love podcasting with y'all and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Living in the Nomero Inn for the rest of time, Mallory. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, so glad that you liked it. Yep, and yeah, and that you're not checking out. No, no one's checking out. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it. No, they did that. What a beautiful collection of writers and directors and cast. It just was wonderful, and I can't imagine it being done any other way. No, and. To just orchestrate the story that's we've known for so long. They just did it so well. It was just everything you know, I ever wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Oh, well, thanks, Mallory. Thanks, Mallory. Um, all right. Our next one is from Kimberly in the... Well, Kim in the candy corn room. Um... She says, hi, Sue and M. 
I was thinking back to the season that had a lot of drugged in Dylan's involvement. I missed a few episodes, and I didn't understand what was going on and what it had to do with Norman. I'm so glad I got the DVDs and watched every episode. From then on, I watched every episode of every season. What a great show. <laughs> so that would have been, what, season two, I guess? Yeah, sounds like she just caught some on TV and missed a few and was like, what is the show? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Norman? <laughs> um, These were little things that we always felt. They just didn't quite have their feet yet. <laughs> there right. were some slip-ups in the first few episodes, a few seasons that we could have done without, but it's growing pains of a show. And yeah, it was still good. I, but yeah, by season three, they had it all ironed out. Yes. And, then, and it was still good. And then season four was glorious. <laughs> season four, spoiler alert, remains my favorite season. <laughs> it was a great season. <laughs> it was just one of those almost perfect seasons of television. Yeah. yeah. It was a wonderful. Anyway. Um, she says, Dylan had a greater role than I expected. He only wanted a family, and Norman Norman couldn't give that to him. Chick started also, started out small, and a big impact later in the series. Yeah, you know, we've always been a huge fan of the character Dylan, and the fact that he played such a big role in this finale just tickles me so much. I, I know, love I know, it. I know. So awesome. And then he got to come out of this with an intact family and happiness is just the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He he always just wanted family and it just didn't turn out the way he figured it would, but he's got he made his own. He made his own little family, and that's that's wonderful. You know, that... he made great choices. Yeah, um, to move with her. Yeah, and honestly, to sever ties with Norma and Norman. You know, he just and to get himself legit, and to listen to Will's advice. Just lots of stuff. He just he did good things. Dylan was and, great. He was great, and Chick is just that, to me, and I don't know for sure, but he's just that classic character that they dream up and have as, like, this side character for one plot, and then a combination of the actor killing it and a fan reaction. He just became bigger than they expected. Yep, yep. And so they wrote him that way, and we couldn't be more tickled. (laughs) No. I love... (laughs) If anything, this show brought me, like, seriously, one of my favorite TV characters of all time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just an act, folks. I seriously, Chick is the best. (laughs) He really was. And, (laughs) you know, you think of, what's his name, Urkel, you know, that was another character that was just a little side character. But then that got out of control and annoying. Right, right. On Family Matters, not that that was a show I watched too much, but I know the history of it. (laughs) <clears throat> this was kind of the same thing, but they didn't. They did screw it up. <laughs> well, you hear that all the <laughs> time. Shows. Wild. It's like, wasn't Spike only supposed to be in like a couple episodes of Buffy? Yeah, yeah. Spike's another classic example. You know, but fan reaction, actor killing it, and boy, no one has <laughs> a more pivotal role than Spike. I know. You know, so. Yeah. Spoiler alert. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad spoiler, but yeah. Yeah. So it just totally changed the direction of the show almost. Yeah. Yeah. If only Chick had entered our lives in like season two. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, we could have had more chick. Could have had more chick. Um Okay, she says, I knew it wasn't good when Romero bent over Norma's body and you could see the gun in his back pocket. I was yelling at him to watch out for Norman. It reminded me of the movie Halloween when the girls would knock on knock out Michael Myers and then turn their backs on him. <laughs> of <laughs> course he would come back to life and attack them again. I just looked up the movie and saw that Michael Myers' psychiatrist's name was Sam Loomis, and the movie was inspired by Psycho. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, how funny. That's amazing. Yeah. Didn't know that. I had no idea. I was never into the Halloween movies. I've seen definitely the first one a few times. I've that might seen be the them. only one I ever saw. Yeah. I'm just not a big into the big gory slasher stuff. I saw the Friday the 13th a lot more. Same. And the Freddy Kruegers. Yeah. Of the three classic 80s horror franchises, Halloween's the least one I watched. <laughs> same. Same. Yeah. Well, we were from the same family, so we, we watched it at the That's same true. time. <laughs> it just didn't scare me the way that... The Friday the 13th one scared me. Yeah, I don't know Halloween. I just I don't know. Just never liked it. So I liked it. I just I guess you guys never rented them. <laughs> As older kids, the older siblings. <laughs> yep. um, but I did. I I I know the first one vividly. I know I saw it more than once. But maybe even you know maybe just college stuff. Yeah, I remember I was pretty old when I saw it for the first time. I just didn't find it as interesting as, I don't know. No. Um, she says, when Norman was shot, I missed the gunshot in the building music. After we saw the grave, I went back and realized that Dylan shot him. I thought that Norman had just collapsed. Oh. That'd be weird to watch it that way. <laughs> I, I didn't hear the gunshot the first time through either, but... I didn't hear it, but I just knew. I just knew he had gotten shot, yep. Um, I liked the way they merged with the movie for a few episodes and then had a unique finale. I'm looking forward to your recap, as always. Thanks for all the work you put into your podcast, Kim in the Candy Corn Room. P.S. Can I stay at the end until the new owners take over? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's right. We're not selling it. They might end the show, but we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim. All right, Matt's next. He says, Tyrone was definitely in this episode, but did you spot him? I'm not saying where he was. It's a series finale mystery. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea where Tyrone was. Hmm, Tyrone. I think he was a paramedic at the end. (laughs) And he was like, Oh... (laughs) He had his own, like, little figuring it all out. (laughs) That's mine. He was a paramedic. No one knew. There you go. I'll go with that. He's a pharmacist and a paramedic. (laughs) Well, you know. Tyrone gets around. He's got to make a living. (laughs) He's 
got a few kids to support. <laughs> Fifteen minutes into this episode, and it occurred to me, I don't think we're going to get that swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, yes, Mutta. It's Matt feedback for the finale. First off, I have to confess, I didn't really like it. Oh. In fact, I didn't really like these last two episodes. I feel like the season peaked with Marion Crane and Norman's confession that he killed Sam Loomis. And after that, it's just kind of fizzled for me. I, w- I don't know exactly what I was hoping for, but my problem with this finale is too many characters acting out of character, i.e. they acted stupider than they have than they've ever been throughout the rest of the run of the series. So Romero, his entire thrust for the season, and he's really silent a lot of it, has been killing Norman. He's got to kill Norman. Like, that will give him some some sort of cathartic release. Fine. But when he has the opportunity to single him in the jail, he doesn't. Why? Um, because the script, he, he has to wait. <laughs> so he takes Norman on a little ride to the woods to find Norma's corpse, which is very strange because I don't think that Romero was ever looking for Norma's body. So I don't buy that as a justification for keeping Norman alive. But then he turns his back to Norman, then he t- attacks him, uh, hits him several times, but doesn't finish him off, doesn't kill him. Why not? Again, the script says... This is not the point of the episode where Norman dies. So Romero gets killed because he was being stupid and lacked follow-through, which are not characteristics that this guy has ever demonstrated before. Uh, But that's not all. There's also Dylan, who apparently did not learn his lesson last time he went into the house alone, into the kitchen, to talk some sense into Norman and get him to see reality. We already saw this scene, and it didn't end well for him, but he's going to try it again. And he calls his wife, and Emma says, you've got a wife and a daughter. Don't do that. That's stupid. Uh, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop I this. Really like Dylan. <laughs> well, first of all, Matt knows that we totally disagree with this thing. And to me, Norman or Romero couldn't strangle Norman in the in the prison because he needed him to find Norma's body. He's the only one that knew where it was. No. And like we've stated, he absolutely, that became the thing. And we've seen that, I think, a pretty healthy, that kind of Romero when Norma was killed. I just, I think it became about Norma and her resting in peace with the ring on the finger and that he forgave her. Right. All of that. I just, I think that was consistent. I agree. So I guess we just totally, fundamentally disagree with Matt. And <clears throat> you have to watch that scene very carefully with Emma and Dylan in the car on the phone. He, she didn't say you have a wife and kid. He asked if he does and she was silent. When you watch that scene, remembering that He's not sure if Emma is going to stay with him or not. It changes everything. Right. If you watch that thinking that none of that came to... The last time those two talked, she didn't say, I don't know, Dylan. I don't know if we're going to make it. If you watch that scene forgetting all of that, 
it's a different scene. But if you put that in the forefront of your mind, that he is like, he... He point blank tries to get her to let her know. Because he's... He point blank tries to get her to tell them, tell him that it's not over with them and that they're going to make it and that he's going to be able to come home to a wife and child and that everything's going to be okay in that regard and she won't do it. She doesn't give him that. Not once in that Mm -hmm. whole conversation. And so that's how I feel about that. (laughs) No, I agree. He didn't go into the house thinking, oh, man, I don't know. I shouldn't do this because I have a wife and child that love me. Uh, He tried to get her to say that she loves him and all of that, and she wouldn't do it. And I know the reason she wouldn't. It wasn't that she didn't still love him. You know, she's... I think she forgot a little bit about where he's at and where he thinks the relationship is. She's kind of in panic mode that I can't do anything about this, but I'm not going to you know, let you go kill yourself and be able to say, my wife at least said I love you for the last time. No, it wasn't that. It was, they were having two different conversations on the phone, I felt. I think he was really looking for a reason. And he's like, well, if my wife wants nothing to do with me and won't ever forgive me, then I might as well go do this. And she acted that way. Yep. So anyway, yep. that's why I feel about that. <clears throat> I'll start it again. <laughs> <laughs> like the most level-headed of all the characters on the show. So the fact that he was going to go back into the house alone really made me not like him because what a stupid thing to do. And again, it really bothers me when characters on television shows don't know that they're characters on television shows. Dylan, you're in the series finale of a cable horror thriller why would you do that? You're setting yourself up to die. Now, he didn't die, of course, but he so very easily could have. And another stupid character, Emma. Uh, I'm counting the minutes of how long it would take the police to show up. Because for some reason, the police are not already watching the house and the motel, even though Norman is missing at this point. So the sheriff is stupid, too. But uh, I can forgive her. I don't really know her character. I never really liked her. Again, she's sober for but Emma, when she got off the phone with Dylan, she called the police right then and said, my stupid husband is going into Norman's house right now. So send your squad cars to this address. Out in the minutes. All right, it's been five minutes. It's been seven minutes. Where are the police? Oh my God, she didn't call them. She just hung up the phone. <laughs> And said, uh, let's see what happens. So a lot of convenient things and things had to happen so that Dylan and Norman could have that final scene in the kitchen. And I just didn't like it. I mean, I like the scene itself. I like Dylan and Norman, as I always do. They're great characters. I was, of course, really hoping that Norman would have some sort of small breakthrough just enough that he would say to Dylan, okay, I'm going to go with you. And then maybe he could get some help. And that would have been actually a very surprising finale because, you know, these cable shows, we always think that they're going to end in a very dark way or a very ironic way. But what if it just ended with 
Norman actually going to a mental institution for the rest of his life and getting help. Wouldn't that be surprising? Boring. It did. But no, I didn't like we got to that final scene. Because I like it when characters behave according to their history and personalities and when things can just move and resolve more organically. But I could just see the hand of the creators moving the pieces on the board and uh, I didn't like it. And, um, yeah, so I'm kind of, you know, being a bummer. Sorry about that. But <laughs> congratulations to Dylan and Emma for surviving the entire series. Uh, if you had asked me a year ago if I thought that was going to be possible, I would have said absolutely not. They are too nice, and they are going to end up dead sooner or later. Well, hey, they defied all odds. Good for them. Can we talk a little bit about the mom and her kids who come to the Bates Motel? <laughs> now, just a question out there. If you were looking for a place to stay, some lodgings for the evening, would you stay at a roadside motel that looked like the Bates Motel that had a creepy house in the background <laughs> like that where there were no other guests around, just one employee? Would you stay at this place? Wouldn't one you beat up employee? TripAdvisor and be like, I gotta check out what people are saying about this place online. Oh, let me just go onto the <laughs> website here. Oh, it says here somebody was murdered in the shower a week ago. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't stay at this place. Because <laughs> it's funny, because I was looking at the, um, the Yelp reviews for Cedar Lodge Motel in El Portal, California, which is outside of Yosemite, and there are like one-star reviews saying, did you know that 20 years ago, Corey Stainer raped and murdered uh, two girls and their and the mother? Like, don't stay here. One star. Like, that was 20 years ago. And they're leaving one-star reviews. You better believe that these Yelpers were all over at the Bates Motel saying, hey, a week ago, guy murdered. Shower burrito. Don't stay here. But the mom was like, what? This looks fine. This looks fine for me and my two boys. She is way too trusting. Too trusting of Dylan, who knocks at her door in the, at night and is like, Lady, you gotta get out of here. My brother's unstable. Provides no context or details. She's just like, you gotta pick up your stuff and leave. And she's like, okay. Oh, really? I would have been out there. I would have been so out there so fast. The guy that knocks that at your door so and you're going to pack up and go? What if yes. he's waiting for you to come out of your room and he kills you in the parking lot? Ah, this feedback is going long. I realize that. But this is the series finale. And there's not going to be any more. So you're going to want to get it while it's good. <laughs> also, because I didn't like a lot of it, I really feel like I have to justify why I didn't like it. Because after you stop playing this feedback you can tell me all the ways that I'm wrong. And you can say, shush, shush, just shush that, Matt, because I know how you ladies are with your shushing. So you're going to have, like, the rest of the podcast to pick apart all my criticisms. So I really have to be very detailed and specific I don't like certain things because I do have specific reasons. I'm not just being a contrarian. Like, everybody else liked it, therefore... I didn't like it. No, that's not who I am. That's not my personality. I have very you know, specific know reasons that. why I was left dissatisfied with the whole episode. I thought it was weird that they brought back that guy from the marijuana plot from like seasons back. Dylan's partner or mentor or whoever that guy is. He just wanted to let us know, hey, things are a little different around here with all the, the relaxations of marijuana laws. It's, it's great. Uh, I love it here. Who are you again? Oh, you're just here to remind us of like seasons one, two, and 
possibly part of three, where we were just like drowning in marijuana plot lines. You know, <laughs> most fillery of filler, the most wheel spinny of wheel spinning. Yeah, thanks for reminding us of all of those good times. Yeah, I think that's all my notes. So just to recap, I didn't mind the actual like final final scene or where Norman ended up. I just didn't like all of the very deliberate plot choices that were made to get us to that point. I didn't think that the final two episodes were like the most amazing things ever. They left me wanting in certain ways. And the season as a whole was solid, but not my favorite. I think I preferred last season the most. And I think my apathy towards this season derived mostly from a lack of scenery chewing from Vera. She had some great scenes, but they weren't her best scenes. She was my favorite part of Bates Motel. Yeah. Well, Vera and the Yes Mother podcast, of course. Aww, I'll okay. miss you guys. I'll miss the Yes Mother podcast. I'll miss the B&B. I'll miss the board game nights. I'll miss the chill your own ass room and the pot brownies with the googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. oh, suddenly I'm just oh, suddenly I'm just getting really tired. <laughs> oh. Breathe deep. Oh, oh, just, ah, oh, man, out of nowhere, I'm just, oh, I'm just you know, all, like, all tuckered out here. Oh. Well, I guess, uh, oh, just, oh, got a bag. Oh, just, uh, yeah, all right, well, that's it then. Hey, everyone have a great night. I'm just gonna put all unpleasant thoughts out of my head. <laughs> all memories of people being murdered. Yeah, I'm just gonna shut my eyes. Breathe deep, Matt. Breathe deep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, that was amazing. And jokes on you, Matt. We already did all our shushing before we even listened. To that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we have nothing left to say. It's all been addressed, and well, I might add, I think we justified it all quite nicely. I think so I think so. He did. So after you posted the um, the commentary, us watching the show, he did put a comment. And he said, I enjoyed your reactions to the episode more than the episode itself. Maybe if I watched the ep with other people, I wouldn't have been annoyed by so many plot contrivances and character betrayals. Uh, and he goes, I so, just remembered it think, thinking all he said was that he probably would have just had more fun watching it with us. <laughs> well, and he says, some things I didn't mention in my feedback. One, the scene in the car while Norman was re- reenacting his moving to White Pine Bay was fantastic. And two, how much I love the song, You Belong to Me. So he just wanted to be negative. He found two things to be positive about, and he mentioned well. them. So, but thanks, Matt. That was hilarious. That was amazing. That, that was Sam hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. So. Okay. Well. Right. Our... Next one is from Paris. And he says, Wow, ladies and fellow Bates Motel residents, here we are. 
We've reached the final checkout. I'll be brief, as I'm sure the episode will bring in quite the deluge of comic cards, as it should. The two words that kept coming to mind were beautiful and sad. From the opening shots of Romero and Norman together in the back seat, you knew the ending to this was going to be bloody. <laughs> I loved how completely sassy Mother was with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it did get Norman a monster beating. <laughs> <laughs> the scene of Romero uncovering Norman's frosted and preserved corpse made me well up. I can't say that his fate surprised me. We knew there was absolutely no way out for him. Whether he killed Norman and himself or not, his die was cast from the beginning of the season. R.I.P. Alex, podcast darling Romero. <laughs> May you find internal peace up there in the bait grip, mama bear bed in the sky. <laughs> you know he has a permanent spot. <laughs> permanent spot in the mama bear bed. <laughs> the scene that actually made me shed a tear was when we were suddenly in Norman's mind and back at the very beginning of the series. Him driving her body back to the motel and flashing back to episode one really shook me. Hmm. The shot of him just staring straight ahead at the road, smiling, bloodied, and beaten with Norma in the back seat will forever be burned into my mind. Oh, yeah. that. Me too, but like I said, I, just, I could not be sad. It was just too giggly <laughs> all three times I watched it. <laughs> I watched it Saturday night and Sunday night. Nice. <laughs> <That's> why I <laughs> once I had broke the ice of rewatching it, I was good to watch it again. Yeah, I cry again. I I want to watch it again. Um, he says Norman's de- demise at the hands of Dylan was probably the kindest fate we could have expected for him. I don't think there was any way he would be getting into a mental facility for the rest of his life. Serving her time would also have completely destroyed him. So I thought having one of the last people that loved him the most take him out was a satisfying choice. So good. Yeah. Perfect. Honestly. So much better than him getting, like, shot by the deputies or the sheriff or something, you know. Or Romero. Or left, like, in Psycho just to be head Norma forever. No, I... I mean, there would have been a poignancy to that, that she, like, saves him from having to do that, and she, like, kind of takes right. it, yeah. the team, but still. No, it was just fitting. This is better. Yeah. So. He says, I'm glad the brothers got to end it with each other. I'm also glad that Dilemma and little Katie, who looked a lot like her grandmother, got to escape White Pine Bay alive and together in the end. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I cannot wait to hear you guys' review and all the feedback from my fellow listeners. Thank you, too, for everything that you've done over the past several years. Thanks for always giving me something to smile, laugh, and be excited about every week after a new episode. I look forward to many more years of laughs and fun. You ladies are awesome. Well, thanks, Paris. Thanks, Paris. And we'll be podcasting. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry. Yep. You may have to foster a love for Joss Whedon for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of Buffy and Angel already done if you haven't listened to those. <laughs> we had quite a journey yeah. watching Buffy together. We sure did. It's good times. 
good times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Harold's next. He says, after five years, I'm ready to send in my final comment card. This better not be your final one. (laughs) I guess this can be your final comment card for the episodes. Yes. That's got to be what he means. The short recap is fluffy towels, good Wi-Fi reception, excellent brownies when offered. (laughs) On the downside, occasional loud noises, a lot of police activity, and the sandwiches could be uneven. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess he meant actual comic card (laughs) for his day. Gotcha. (laughs) As for the episode, while I don't think that there are... Any hard and fast rules about series finales, I general th- generally think that they should focus on the core themes and relationships of the series as a whole while wrapping up the important plot lines. The Bates finale did all this, so I was it was all aces for me. <clears throat> nice. I thought it was a bold but correct decision to take Romero off the board early. As much as he became a great character in seasons three and four, he has been sidelined this whole season and has been reduced to being a looming threat and wild card character rather than someone with an actual connection or meaning to Norman. And since this episode was about Norman, he had to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well said. I totally agree. Yep. But I like that he got some great Romero moments before his death. Uh, Head Norma was always so absolutely cocksure about everything, but when she tried that routine with Romero, it resulted in getting a classic Romero knockdown up against the car roof. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And of course, it was both expected and fitting that he would be so disoriented upon finding frozen Norma that he would meet his fatal doom. Yes, Harold sees it as I do. Yet he still was able to send Norman on his fatal spiral by reminding him that he killed his own mother. Yeah. Yep. I loved how they tied the pilot into the finale. Revisiting those once happy moments just brought out the tragedy of Norman's situation. Yeah. One thing that struck a wrong note was how the actor who played Remo seemed to be doing a, hey, it's me, back on the show for a curtain call thing. I wish they cut that down dramatically. On the other hand, Dylan getting the gun standing in front of that gloomy lake made me wonder if he was considering using it on himself. Hmm. Yeah, see, that's more the take I got. And I thought he was in a really desperate situation. I mean, Norman's missing. He's worried. His wife is very unsure. <laughs> yeah. His life is entirely falling apart. Yeah. Anyway. Um, how did Norman remember Dylan's new phone number? He called from the motel phone, not from his cell. Yeah, I thought of that too. Um, That's just a shush. I guess it's a shush. Um, yeah. I thought that too. <laughs> Unless he's super good at memorizing numbers. <laughs> Yep. But yeah, that was that's a shush. <laughs> it's Total. a fine shush, I guess. Yep. And where were all the cops in White Pine Bay? In the forest. <laughs> we told was... you it was in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> it was odd that Norman was able to drive on those open roads and reopen the Bates Motel. But I have to shush this because I'd rather have a finale that centered on Norman and Dylan at the old home than one that takes place in Shelbyville. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, totally. I mean... And I hope we provided a fitting enough alternate, you know, a fitting enough explanation. I feel like we did. (laughs) I feel like it makes sense, and it could be like, well, yeah, you're right, you know. Yeah, it's some shush, some, eh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's too far-reaching. I don't either. La, la, la. Dylan was probably right that if he had called the sheriff, they would have gone in guns a-blazing and killed Norman. On the other hand, Dylan should have tried to humor Norman instead of trying to get him to wake up. Once he was institutionalized and medicated, then they could have had a conversation. Well, if you listen to our commentary, I said that same thing. I'm like, just, I was like, I don't remember the words I said, but I was like, humor him. I think I said humor him. Yeah, we... <laughs> In the commentary, we were all like, "What is Dylan doing? <laughs> don't you, you don't contrary crazy like that. Yeah. You humor. <laughs> yeah, that is how you handle that. You don't poke the bear. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wonder if Dylan's vomit was one last shout out for Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> so do I. It's not the greatest calling card or shout out for me, but I'll take it. <laughs> and weren't those two kids staying at the motel named Dylan and Harry? If so, that's an imaginary shout out for me too. <laughs> High five. <laughs> and yes, he was. I noticed that when I was watching with... Uh, I watched with subtitles because I wanted to hear Norman what he said to I wanted to hear the little mumbled conversation between mother and Norman in the car in front of Alex Mm. Mm -hmm. because I couldn't hear it without okay it was so heartbreaking when Norman told Dylan that he could still have his family if he believed hard enough oh man That was Norman's last gasp attempt to will his imaginary life back into existence. That was tough. It was. Watching Norman just try to hold on to that little fantasy that he had cooked up. Uh, And just watching it, like... Crumble. Crumble in front of him. Yeah. 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 So hard. What I remember most about this finale was how emotional it was. And the high point of that was Norman running back to... Norma. Daniel must have loved this. He got his happy ending after all. (laughs) Oh, man. Him dying and running towards Norma in that forest, and then when they hug and him turning into the little boy. Oh, (sighs) my word. I know. That was was amazing. So great. Um, I love the final shot of Norman's headstone. The lack of any description just spoke volumes. (laughs) Yeah, I read the explanation on that. Um, She said, because Norman was a serial killer, she felt that Dylan would not have wanted to flower up out of respect to his victims. Mm -hmm. You know, like, say, beloved son and brother. Right. But his... uh, What he did do for Norman, instead of writing anything like that, was burying him next to Norma. That was a concession that he 
adopted for Norman. I like it. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. But yeah, apparently the lack of description was because he was a murderer. It was like a respect to his victims, and I think that's very cool. That's very fair, and yes, all families of serial killers should do the same. Yeah. Um, looking back at the final season, with the possible exception of its complete lack of Emma Dakota taxidermy, <laughs> we wanted that so bad. <laughs> it managed to keep up its high standards, even with significantly reduced roles from everyone except Freddie. Thanks for the five years of this podcast. It's been a slice and a dice. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Thanks for... Always being there in room one. I think Harold is the only one that we... I think we got a comic card. Well, no, wasn't there one week that we didn't and we were worried that something happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually wrote a quick little note that said, I'm out of town. So I'm not going to be able to <laughs> So we were like, boy, we're glad you wrote that because we would have been panicked. <laughs> we would have caught the police in Chicago. <laughs> hey, Harold. <laughs> he lives somewhere. <laughs> we're really worried about him. <laughs> he didn't send us an email this week. <laughs> Will you please do a well check? <laughs> oh, but thanks, Harold. Oh, love your feedback. Love yeah. just the humor, the sandwiches. Just, yep. You've been an integral part. Yep. It's not ending. It's not ending, people. No. We, we could all still <laughs> hang out together. <laughs> Dang it, we're all checking into that Bates Motel Resort and Spa that Carrie and Carlton. (laughs) (laughs) The spa and retreat. All right. Um, Our next one is from Iggy. And she says Morning, Sue and M. The B&B has a little. has a little empty feeling. The yells heard from the motel have gone quiet for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) The police investigators were fun to listen in on their convos at the B&B cafe, talking about how crazy Norman is and how many bodies they dug up. How many bodies have they yet to find? My guess would be nine total. (laughs) (laughs) And get used to the quietness. It's going to be pretty quiet from now on. Yeah. Except for Wednesday nights when it's game night and Matt, yeah, of course, Matt busts out the brownies. <laughs> um, I miss the whistling of the tall blonde wig tranny who would sweep the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to read these before we do this. <laughs> Very odd hours of the night. 
<laughs> I miss the Christmas lights and piano playing heard from the motel. <laughs> oh, crap, Yiggy. Um, <laughs> um, I will miss the show. Wait, yeah. I will miss the show very much, but forever have the awesomest acting of Vera Farmiga as Norma, an amazing portrayal of a psychotic man of Norman Bates by Freddie Highmore. Yep. Um, what really caught me completely off guard was Dylan. His presence in the show and how extracted he was from the main character story. But I believe in the end, maybe it wasn't Norman Bates telling, but Dylan's telling of how it was to live with Norman Bates. He was dealing with being part of a family that were murderers. He himself started off as a criminal too, drug dealing, etc. So he was able to keep secrets. Ooh, Dylan murdered someone too. He ran that dude down that shot mm. weep- Weepy. That's true, he did. Um, I don't know when he found his meaning in life, but after moving away and having Emma and his new child, and then finding out that Norman indeed killed his mother-in-law, she had no reason to die, wrong place, wrong time, had Norma had no right to judge her and decide to kill her. No, not really. I mean, absolutely not. She didn't have a right to kill her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I think that was really just, yeah, protecting Emma. But it is interesting what a character arc Dylan got. Who would have thought, you know? Yeah. No, it's amazing. I love that he had such a great presence and character arc. Yeah. And ending. Um, She says, I could understand now why Dylan was the one to end the story. It was very sad to hear his list of what he was missing because of his brother's mental disorder who he missed and what he was never going to have oh mm-hmm. that was really hard too yes awful just that made me that's oh. that made me well up big time yeah that is so it's so honest and sincere and raw and you know yeah and great just, acting yeah Max Terrio killed it he did, and it was very um, relatable. Right. Just that feeling, I guess. Not that, you know, I've ever been in a situation like him, but I could I could feel empathy for him. Well, you do. And I mean, how everyone's, that would everyone's lost a loved one, and you do have those thoughts. It's like, man, never going to have a Christmas again. They're never going to meet this person, you know. And so to wrap it up by... You caused all this, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, just... and he doesn't even. He could even have in the back of his mind that I'm going to really patch things up with Caleb or something, you know. Because of all this, yeah. I'm just going to have to really let this go that he's my uncle's daddy. <laughs> Man, I wonder if he's ever going to find out what happened. Yeah, or know. if he's just gonna kind of feel guilt that he kicked him out and never ever yeah. heard from him again, ever. Oh man, that's awful. Yeah. You know? No, I gotta think they find his body. That's a question for Carrier, and I yeah. need to look up and yeah. see if she's answered, and see is, if I can get her to answer it. <laughs> is Dylan ever gonna find out that Caleb was killed? 
Um, okay. See what I can do. <clears throat> um, Iggy says, I was in shock the past couple of days since the finale, not wanting to accept how the story ended, but after writing my final comic card on my wonderful stay at the B&B, I can be complete with the story and move on. Nice. Oh, good. I'm still here That's at the closer. B&B. <laughs> um, I found new love in my life and will be moving out soon. I think I'm paid up until the time I'm ready to move out. I enjoy the new owners. They dressed up last week to help us with the transition. Cupcakes, pancakes, candy corn, or candy corn and sandwiches for nutrition on the menu now. <laughs> Send over some fresh towels with a sandwich to the cedar room, please. I'm going to be watching Conjuring and Conjuring 2 so I can have my Norma fix. Your resident mm, BB guest, Iggy. Those are good movies. Ooh, those are really good. So, Iggy, did you really find new love in your life? Yeah, tell us more. Yes, and you guys can stay at the B&B. Don't go. I, who are you kidding? They're not going to sell that. Zhao is not selling that thing. <laughs> <laughs> we will remain owners with or without That's right. Norma and the tranny. <laughs> <laughs> the doll tranny. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Oh, thanks, Iggy. Thanks, Iggy. We sure enjoyed having your stay, too. <laughs> Always make us laugh. Yep. Okay, our last... Well, actually, we have a me taco. Okay. Second to last. <laughs> our last one from Gmail is from Monica. She says, wow, what a wild ride the show has taken us on. I just wish the finale could have been twice as long so we could have gotten everything in that we wanted. That being said, I still loved it. A few standout moments for me. Romero seeing Norma and crying over her body. Head Norma leaving and Norman unraveling. Dylan walking through the house with those sad eyes. And then seeing Norma. I read that Norma at the table was actually Vera. <laughs> yep. My favorite scene was Dylan pleading to Norman. And then seeing Norman realizing he was never going to be happy if he couldn't be with Mother. Dylan holding Norman as he died and Norman thanking him. I was crying ugly tears during this whole scene. Mm. Me too. <laughs> Overall, I just love this show. I love how it blends comedic moments throughout the darkness. The actors are amazing and bring the story to life. I'll miss it, but I'm enjoying rewatching with my husband as he watches it for the first time. Thank you, Em and Sue, for doing a fantastic job on this podcast and bringing us all together. Monica. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks, man. She has her cross stitch uh, choice. <laughs> nice. And she did ask on. She's like, "Do it? Do I have a room?" It's like we never officially checked in, but you've been part of Facebook for a while now and sent some feedback. So, sure. Why not? What um? What did we have left in the hotel? We got rooms three. Five and six, and then we've got some rooms at the Normero Inn. All right, let's put you in three. All right. You're officially a guest. Um, anyway, thanks, Monica. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm glad you get to rewatch with your husband. That would be fun. I'd love to share that show with someone that hasn't seen it. Yeah, I think 
I don't know. I don't know if Cam would ever. Probably not. Yeah, Rob would probably like it. He just doesn't really watch TV shows. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <clears throat> Cam would probably like it, but... Yeah. Oh, well. I hope your it husband likes it. Be, doesn't have to be my husband. I can... Yeah, I was just thinking, hmm, Booker might like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we've got uh, Kale. It's the final Bates Motel comic card. Sadie's broken heart. Hi, Sue and Emily. Before I get to my thoughts on the series finale, I want to thank you guys, or girls rather. I discovered you all during season four, and I so wish I would have sooner. No one I know watches the show, so I'd never had anyone to talk to about it or watch it with. But your podcast helps ease the lonely feelings. That's exactly what these kind of podcasts are for. Yep. <laughs> you watch a show and you don't have anyone to discuss it with, and you just want to talk about it. And yep. hearing two people talk about it's good, too. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the fact that you've been so consistent for five years and that you read our feedback and gave us cozy virtual rooms is so special. It really feels like a family. And no matter how crappy my week has been, your giggles and superb analysis always make me feel better. Aww. Aww. I'll truly miss discussing base with you girls. Clears throat and quickly wipes tears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying, you are. <laughs> Kale in the Beyond the Sea room. <clears throat> okay. Now she talks about the finale. <clears throat> okay. Well, it's over. I wasn't prepared for what this feels like. Life without the promise of new Bates Motel episodes. I feel numb. This sucks. I have so many feelings. I'll start with the things I didn't like, and there are a few. Alex's death. I knew the only way Norman could kill him was a sne to sneak up on him, catch him off guard. Now, I wouldn't constitute crunching loudly on snow behind someone is sneaking, but Alex was a little out of it, so I'll give that a shush. And well, you should. <laughs> yep. But I didn't like it. After all the shit he went through, he gets hit over the head with a rock and shot while trying to dig his dead wife out of some snow. Unacceptable. It was just so lackluster to me. Where's the dramatic showdown and glowing angel Norma calling Alex's name as he dies? <laughs> I don't know what I wanted, but I wanted more. <laughs> Kale, we both know that that's actually what happened. <laughs> we just didn't see it. <laughs> Shh. That's totally what happened. <laughs> um, so, Dylan just never found out about Caleb? He just assumes he's leaving them alone? Great. Awesome. Yeah. It's sad. It's tragic. But it's kind of realistic. It's kind of possible, yeah. Happens. Yeah. Never did I expect Mother to just leave Norman. It felt so out of character and wrong. Saying there was nothing left to protect him from. What? You are aware he was still on death row, right, Mother? I'll refer back to what I said a while ago. That that was not her job. Yeah. I, I really feel like, if you look at it <clears throat> from a psychological standpoint, she had to go because she was not needed, and that's why his brain created her. So try that and give it a little shush. <laughs> <laughs> try that with a little bit of shush and you're good. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle in some shush. 
And when the heck did Norman come back? I was so confused when he started digging in the snow, saying, Mother, did it happen before or after Alex died? Which begs the question, who killed Alex? Mother or Norman? Update, upon rewatching, I guess he came back when he tripped while they were walking. But I still don't like it. Norman never just comes back after he's been mother. He should have caught hypothermia sleeping in the woods all night. Ugh, can you sense my irritation? Okay, hopefully we've cleared all that up. <clears throat> yeah. Now, it wasn't when he tripped. He didn't come back until after Alex died, right? It was mother that killed him. I think it was mother that killed him, yeah. And then she stepped... (laughs) It was like... It was just him, and he... Well, he heard Alex talk to him. I know it was mother... When Alex gets to the body, because the way Freddie said, I'm sorry for you, I know you loved her. That was absolutely mother, no question. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was not Norman. Maybe maybe he punched Head Norman out of him. That's possible, or... I, I just... I'm just not sure Norman would have killed Romero with yeah, a rock. Yeah, you're right. You're I really right. I feel think like it, Mother would have. I think had Norman killed Alex, and then and then it would have been Alex, those last few words. Well, we have, I mean, we've seen it happen in the show that Norman is hearing what's going on. He's like awake enough in there to hear. Right, right. Like he, he and Mother, no. Let me handle this. Right. And so he easily could have just been awake through that and heard the mother thing. All of a sudden, right. mother goes. Right. So that's what I'm going with. That's <laughs> right. Sprinkle a little shush on that. <laughs> <laughs> One minute, Dylan shoots Norman and cries over him next to their deadler. The next, he's with his family years later, smiling and happy. It didn't even give me time to recover and be happy for them. It just felt so sudden and rushed. Um, I didn't have any problem with that. Because they left it kind of ambiguous for a little bit. And I remember when we watched it, we're like, uh, are they like meeting Dylan somewhere for like a custody thing? And then it became very clear that Emma kissed him and that they're together and happily ever after and all that. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't feel rushed to me. It was just life, I guess. It was just a ending of a finale. <laughs> um, and he did have that sad time sitting on the porch of the house. That was in between yes. hugging dead Norman and <laughs> that. So yeah. there was a little there. A little bit. It was never confirmed whether Dylan knew it was Norman who killed Norma or not. Why? I don't know if I've ever addressed that thought. I don't think he needed it confirmed. And I don't think Romero did either. No. I'm I'm pretty sure. He was very sure that Norma would not do that. Yeah. And that Dylan and that Norman didn't. I don't yeah. think he 
needed, and I don't need him to have gotten the actual confirmation. I think after all he witnessed, he absolutely 100% was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He did it. He was psycho, killer, all that. Um... In short, I feel like there were a lot of what-the-bips, plot holes, and shushes this season. Plus, with Norma dead and Alex, Dylan, and Emma sidelined, it just wasn't the same. Like an alternate version of Bates Motel. I really enjoyed watching this final season, but I had a handful of issues with it. Season 4 will forever remain my favorite. Um, Just another thing, quickly, that I read was Carrie and Carlton admitted that they didn't fully grasp that how much how different it would be without a live Norma. Mm-hmm. They fully admitted, they said, we killed her and we said, it'll be okay, we'll still have Vera on as mother. And then they said, and then it just wasn't the same. It's not. But they said, you know what? That added to the feeling that they wanted where Norman felt it was had a problem and knew it wasn't the same and they felt like we had a shared experience with Norman right right because that was a big part of it that was a big part of the season that Norman's like this just isn't right something's wrong yeah yeah and his brain was fighting it because it wasn't right and so they kind of liked how it ended up but they didn't expect it it was something they didn't um, factor in that everyone would that it would just not be the same. But there it was. And I am, I fully support still what they did, killing her off. I thought it was amazing having a whole season of her dead. I do too. I do too. But man, but, it made me miss Norma though. Yeah. That's why you just got to go back and watch or watch that. You do. And I, and I like, I like that they said that it was kind of cathartic for me. I'm like, yeah, it did kind of, make us all miss and kind of get into, you know, having a shared experience with Norman that something's wrong, something's not right. Yeah. yeah. So, I like that. I like that, too. But season four will forever remain my favorite, too. I still really liked season five. Oh, I don't have a problem with it, but as far as just sure joy of a season, (laughs) season four was... Season four was perfection. Yeah. Almost. Okay, now for what I loved slash broke my heart but I still loved uh, Remo so she was really happy to see Remo back I was too initially and then I started thinking about it and I'm like who cares <laughs> <laughs> happy ending for Dilemma thank you leaked pictures for that assurance because I'd have been a mess okay a bigger <laughs> mess when Dylan pulled up to that house <laughs> we still were like not sure we kind of had that as a possibility right right but we weren't sure that that wasn't just some kid visiting the set. (laughs) (laughs) When Dylan pulled up to that house, okay. His phone call to Emma with the tell me you love me, ugh. I can't talk about Dylan seeing what he saw sitting at that dinner table. I still haven't recovered. Oh, Oh, man. That was just amazing. The flashbacks to happier times. Sigh, they were so beautiful and bright. I want to go back there. 
I honestly don't know what Norman would do with that knife when he picked it up. Half of me thought he might kill himself, but the decision to force Dylan to do it, just rip our hearts out and throw them in a blender, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but the way it played out seemed very appropriate and fitting for the story Carrie and Carlton were trying to tell. Mother and son together forever. I bet you're just happy as a razor clam, huh, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, Daniel got everything you wanted. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get everything he wanted. <laughs> but he did have a nice happy Yeah, day. Norman and Norma aren't cuddling in a coffin, but <laughs> he got most of what he wanted. Um... Yeah, I think it was Carrie that said that uh, Norman could just as easily stabbed himself in the throat then, but... No, it wouldn't have been as effective. Mm-mm. No, no, this was I, way better. Dylan doing it. it had but to be in Dylan. his head, yeah. in Norman's head, he just as easily could have just stabbed himself then right, launched right. at Dylan. Um, honestly, the whole finale just made me pissed at Norma again for not making the right choices and preventing all of this. <laughs> well, oh, just don't go there. No. We could all, all over again, all get pissed <laughs> off at Norma. <laughs> and I'm sure if I rewatch season four and then five, I would do that same oh, thing. Oh <laughs> man, it's gonna be tough. She made some terrible choices in four. Yeah, and some also right ones. <laughs> Then she says, well, Kale, this is what happens when you start a show knowing good and well, it'll end tragically. Yes, we all knew how this (laughs) was not going to be pretty, and we've talked about it for five seasons. (laughs) But here we are. says, the flyers I put up on the B&B bulletin board. A riot will unite us September 7th. Vera and Freddy don't get their Emmys. <laughs> I am bringing the pitchforks. Be there. <laughs> Count us in. <laughs> <laughs> My disappointment with some aspects of the final finale aside, Bates Motel will forever reign as the greatest series of all time in my book, with the greatest team of people involved. I will rewatch it for years to come. Much love, Bates fam. Kale in the Beyond the Sea room. I'll be tucked in the mama bear bed for the rest of my life if anyone needs me. <laughs> well, I'll be in there with you. <laughs> yep, roll oh over. <laughs> the mama bear bed is huge. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kale. Thanks, Kale. I'm glad you found us this year. Or last year. Yeah, me too. And, uh... Well, that's it, unless we're going to be recording on a different night, so <laughs> unless we get a bunch, <laughs> which happens every time, then that is it for... Yeah, that's for feedback. I mean, if you missed it, we will be doing a season five wrap-up, so you can always send it then. Yeah, I probably won't add it to this one, because it's long enough. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot out, though. We did. We did. So, yeah. So for the... um, When we record the recap one, that's when we'll go over the final room assignments. And plans for Yes Mother's Future. Yeah. 
So yeah, we'll do all we'll that. We'll do that with the recap because that won't take very long. Nah. So, all right. Well, all right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bye. After all, these implements and texts designed by intellects of X to find evidently there's so much that hides. And though the saints of us divine in ancient feeding lines, their sentiment is just as hard to pluck from the vine. Rhymes that helped us out and make a sense of our lives. The cruel, uneventful state of apathy releases me. I value them, but I won't cry every time one's wiped out.
Okay, this sounds terrible. <laughs> what I'm going to do is download onto my computer, and when we edit, okay, I'll just uh, edit it in like a good... A good Matt's, Matt's voice is fine doing this, but that song okay. did not sound good. <laughs> I was just starting to rock out to it, though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we can listen to it. okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks, Matt. That was very... You said Matt. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Mike.